praise the Lord. The let's go ahead and begin in our scripture set. We're going to be we are in Psalms 27. We're going to start at verse number one, uh, Psalm of David. The Lord is my light. Amen. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Amen. Verse number five, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle, shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Amen. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore, will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Let's add another scripture. Let's look at verse number seven. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. Verse number eight says this, when thou saidest, seek my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Amen. May the Lord, as always, have a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his word. We thank the Lord for absolutely everything that he does for us. And I hope you know today that uh, what God does for us, you know, he doesn't have to do, but we're thankful. And I don't, and I don't know, and I don't know if you ever thought about this, but it is worth taking some time to think about where would you be if God had not done for you what he does on a continual basis. I'm telling you, when you take some time to think about that, it makes you grateful. It makes you thankful. And that's really where, um, and that's really where you, uh, where, where we want to be. We want to be grateful and we want to be thankful. Amen. We're, we're moving on in our scripture. We are going to pick up some things. We're talking a little bit about um, God's mercy here. That is, um, um, we get that from verse uh, seven. Bible says, hear, O Lord, when I cry uh, with my voice, have mercy upon me uh, and answer me. And we will get into to God's mercy. We're going to see, as always, how far we, we can go with this. But um, as always, we're not interested in, in, in just covering a whole bunch of scriptures and so on and so forth. We really want to we want God to speak to us. So we take our time. We dig into the word. And we let God speak. Okay, it, it's it's at that point. That's how we get what we need. It's not trying to force God to say what we think we want Him to say, or we feel we need Him to say, or even uh, want Him to say. No, it's not. It's not about that at all. But it's letting God, who knows how to be God, Amen. God knows how to be God. Doesn't need any help with that. It's letting Him be God and speak to us, share with us 
what he wants us to have and what he wants us to know. Okay, so these are the things that we uh, that we that we want to make sure that we are that we're doing our best to to keep in mind that we aren't moving too quick when we get into those uh, when we come to that. Now, all right. Let's go ahead and begin to pick up. In the last lesson, we did talk about a few things. I know some people struggle with getting in, but um, praise the Lord, we're kind of recapping all of that. We did talk about a few things, okay? And um, these are things that are, brothers and sisters, um, they, they, are, they are important, okay? They, they for sure are uh, important. We talked about some things concerning the rock and what it means to be set upon the rock. And this is really, this is really, really, really good because we learned in verse number five, remember verse number five of Psalms 27, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion and in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. Now we learned all about that, okay? So we know that that pavilion and that tabernacle, um, that's the, the, the tent of the Lord. So what we're talking talking about is you we're talking about the house of God that's really in essence what we are talking about but when he says the tabernacle he shall hide me that means in the secret of his tabernacle that really is a reference to the to the holy of holies okay so that is the most sacred the most the the, the most holy place within the tabernacle or within the temple Amen. And what he was saying was, was that David was saying, hey, when I'm in trouble, God, that's where you're going to hide me. You're going to hide me. You're going to bring me close to, to you. We learned that what that meant to be brought close to the Lord or when he hides you. And we, we, we got into all that. And we learned that God, essentially what he does is that he collects us. Amen. And he stores us unto himself. He collects us and he stores them. And we learned a lot of good things about that, a lot of wonderful things um, regarding what God is actually doing um, when he stores us. But last week, we dove a little bit deeper and talked a little bit more about the rock. Now, we did a lesson before that, before last week, where we talked uh, about where we discovered and we discussed the identity of the rock. So we discovered, and then last week, I talked a little bit about, uh, a little bit more about that, amen. Hopefully you were able to listen to um, the recording of that. If not, when we are set on a rock, amen, we discussed last week that a rock in scripture can be both an image of a secure military position, amen. And we gave you some, and we gave you um, some scriptures for you to, to, to really kind of look at uh, regarding that, because it is, it can be a sign, it can, um, it can be an image or give or provide an image of a very secure military position. And at the same time, it can um, provide, and it can also be an allusion to the rock on which Yahweh's temple or God's temple is founded on. Amen. And that's very important. That is extremely important because when we talked about that, we learned that 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 references that's a reference um, to uh, the church being founded on the Lord Jesus Christ. And we gave you some scriptures for that. Um, if you're looking at the screen, um, look at 1 Corinthians uh, 10. Um, chapter 10, verses two through four, amen. And that's uh, really good for you to familiarize yourself with. So we talked about what that rock represents, amen. The rock we also stated was an elevated position. Now I want you to keep in mind, why we, I want you to keep this in mind. Psalms 27, five, that B portion says, he shall set me upon a rock. 
And when he does that, God, he's talking, God is using David to talk about or explain how it is that God hides you. What is he, or what God is actually doing when he hides you in his pavilion or in his tent, when he hides us in his tabernacle, okay? What is God actually doing or how does God actually do that? Okay. And so we and 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 so we must understand and we want to keep in mind that when David starts talking about he shall set me upon a rock, what he's actually doing there is really giving us and really explaining to us um how God does what he does. Amen. He's explaining to us in that instant, he's explaining to us how it is that God uh, delivers us or how God puts us in a secure location. That's what he's talking about when he talks about God sets us on a rock. Now, one of the things that we need to understand when we start talking about the rock, amen, okay? When we start talking about the rock, we need to understand that it is higher than we are, amen, amen. I, 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 that, that there is good news. The rock brothers and sisters, is higher than we are. Amen. Not only is it higher than we are, amen, but it is also higher than where the enemy is. Amen. It's higher than where we are, and it's higher than where the enemy is. And that is good news. It's higher than all of that. We talked about also the practice of bowing. So this was just a kind of quick recap and then we're moving forward. We talked about the concept or the practice of, of, of bowing, okay? Amen. And, and what it represents in scripture. And one of the things that we told you is, is that it represents a lot of different things. There are many different things that scripture, that, that scripture teaches us and shows us about bowing. We learned that it is an expression of humility. And we also learned that it can be an expression of great sorrow, or it can be an expression of shame. And we've given some scriptures for that, for example, and, 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 and I invite you to go back to the other lessons just to, to re-familiarize because we actually go into detail with those particular scriptures, okay? But one of the things, the unique things that we learned about it, in addition to bowing in scripture being an expression of submission and humility, in addition to it being an expression of, of, of sorrow or shame, bowing is also a sign of worship. Amen and glory to God. It is a sign of worship. Look at Exodus. Amen. Just for a few, Exodus chapter 4, 31 says this, and the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he had looked upon their affliction, they then they bowed their heads and worshiped. Glory to God. Do you see that? How powerful that is when they heard that the Lord had visited. This look at how they responded. And 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 when they went and and not just that he visited, but he looked on their affliction. That means their suffering. That means what they were going through. The children of Israel responded a certain way when they considered the fact 
that God Almighty had visited them. And he didn't just visit just for the sake of showing up. And brothers and sisters, I want to, I want to, I want to just, I want to camp there for just a moment. God wants to show up in our lives. God wants to be a part of every aspect of our lives. But God is not wanting to just show up for the sake of just being there. No, God wants more than that. God is looking for relationship. I want to say that again. God is looking for relationship. God is looking to impact your life. God doesn't want to just show up as if he is cosmetic, as if he's just something that hangs around or someone to just decorate. No, 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 no. It is more than that. When the Lord shows up, family, he brings change. When the Lord shows up, he transforms things. When the Lord steps in, things simply don't remain the same. I want to, and I want to add something to it. It will remain the same if you want it. If you don't want to let God be God, then what you have is all you're going to get. What you have is what you're going to have. What we have is what we're going to have, but we have to let God's word transform us. We have to let God's word do a work in us. We got to let God be God. I don't want you to lose sight of that scripture in Exodus uh, chapter four, verse 31. And when the people believed and the people believed, don't lose sight of that. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he had looked upon their affliction, then they bowed their heads and worship. When they said he looked upon their affliction, they're not talking about that God just saw it. What they're referring to is that God saw something, God saw it and he did something about it. So those are good things that we want to keep in mind about that. So that that that's a bowing is also a sign of worship. And that comes into play also a little bit later. But we also discussed something else. We also discussed that a lifted up head is a sign of confidence in the face of the enemy. And that's a good thing. It is a sign of confidence in the face of the enemy. When that, when, when that head is lifted up, brothers and sisters, that means something. It means something to have your head lifted up. But we also learned something else, that a head that is lifted above the enemy, amen. Why? Because verse number six, go back to Psalms 27, verse number six, okay? This is after he says in verse number five, he shall set me upon a rock. Then we move into verse six and he says, and now, shall my head, mine head, be lifted above my enemies round about me, okay? A lifted head is a sign of confidence in the face of the enemy. That is true, and you need to know that. But a head that is lifted above the enemy, that's more than a sign of confidence, amen? And this is something that we, um, that we talked about last week. It, it is, it, it's, it's, it's more than a sign of confidence. What, what is it? It is a, a place on the, a head that is lifted above the enemy is more 
than a sign of confidence in the face of the enemy. It's more. Because it is a place of elevation. It's a position of elevation. It is. It is. It is a position of divine exaltation. And it is a place, it represents a place that is beyond the reach of the enemy. Amen. A head lifted above the enemy is different than just raising your head in the face of the enemy. Uh-uh. It's more than that, brothers and sisters. A head lifted above the enemy has to do with a position that you and I only reach when God places us on the rock. Amen. See, it's not about just lifting your head in the face of the enemy. Although God gives us the courage and he gives us the strength to face down anything that comes our way. Doesn't matter what the enemy comes up with, what is lies and all the kind. The devil gonna lie. It's what he does. He's the father of lies. I was reminded of that yet again, even this morning. He is the father of lies. So the devil going to do what the devil does. And what he does is he's going is, is, is what he's good at. And you know what that is? Telling lies. So he's going to tell you whatever it is he thinks is going to get you rattled, whatever's going to rock you, whatever's going to disturb you, whatever's going to get you off your game, whatever's going to get you off your walk before the Lord. And look, he's going to do all that. Look, he don't, look the devil don't want you to succeed. So we don't want to pretend like he's going to make it easy. He's not going to do that. It ain't in his job, the scripture. scripture. He's going to do everything that he can to try to derail you. But what the Lord was telling us, what David was telling us, okay, is, is that I'm secure in the Lord because he's placed me someplace else. That's really what you're getting into when we take verse five and we take verses six. Verse five, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And verse six, and now shall my head be lifted up upon my enemy, lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Verse six is predicated, is based on verse number five. Verse number six is possible because of what the Lord does in verse number five. Amen. 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 The play, a place on the rock is an elevated position. It is a place of divine exaltation. It is a place that is beyond the reach of the enemy. And it is a place we reach only when God places us there, places us upon the rock. You can't put yourself there. God got to do that. Amen. And if you want God to do that, brothers and sisters, you know what that requires? Some humility and some yielding to God. We got to go to God. We have to be determined that we're going to do it God's way. Listen, brothers and sisters, we got to choose God every day. And sometimes look, I'm, I'm the first one to tell you the struggle is real. And that struggle sometimes has to be daily. And, 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 and sometimes that struggle is hourly. That choice has to be daily. That choice has to be hourly. And Sometimes that choice is moment to moment. What choice? The choice to serve God. The choice to love God in spite of. The choice to stand up. He's already given you the strength to stand. He's already given you everything you need. He's given us his word. Thus, he's given us the, the whole armor of God. 
He's given you everything that you need. The Bible says having done all to stand, stand therefore. It tells us that in the book of Ephesians. So everything that we need to stand, God has already given to us. But that's, there's that one part, that one little thing, that transition between having received everything that you need and having done everything that you need and then standing. There's a difference. See, after the Bible says having done all to stand, stand therefore. And then he goes into giving us a deep dive into the armor of God and all those different things. But he says, having done all to stand, stand therefore. In essence, he breaks it into two parts, family. There's doing what's necessary to stand. And then there is standing. And I want to let you know something here. The devil is your adversary and he will try to come in at every point at every point. See, just because you've done everything to stand doesn't mean that you're standing. You still have to choose to stand. You still have to get up, not on your own strength. No, 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 no. On the Lord. The Lord is your strength. And one of the things that we talked about last week is that the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. And I want to remind somebody of that today. The battle is still the Lord's. You have a part to play. That's sure enough. That's true enough. You got to do all to stand. That simply means you got to do your part. What is my part? My part is staying in the word. My part is staying in the prayer uh, closet. My, 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 my part is, 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 is loving my brothers and my sisters according to the word. My part is walking in the spirit of forgiveness. My spirit is restoring those that have been overtaken in fall. That's my part. All that, I just, I just want to talk to us this, this morning. I just want to talk to us this morning from these scriptures. That we, that's my part. My part is to love like there's no tomorrow. To forgive like I'm not going to have another chance to forgive somebody that's wronged me. I got to operate like, like, because why? I don't want no sin between me and my God. You don't want it either. You don't want sin standing between you and God. One scripture tells us that it's sin that separates us. God said, it's you, your sin has driven a wedge. It's your sin that separated us. And I can tell you, you know, listen, when the, when, look, when, 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 when all hell breaks loose, and the world is falling apart and it's burning down around you. That is not the time to go it alone. That's not the time to go free form and freestyle and thinking that you're going to somehow make things work. And it's no, 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 no. You better run to the cross. And I hope you hear what I'm telling you. Run to the cross. You better run to that cross where you're reminded of what the Lord has done and stay right there. That's all you got to do. Stay right there. That's what we're doing day by day, not on our own strength. It's not by power. It's not by might, but it is by his spirit. Amen. He places us on that rock. Amen. And it's good to know those wonderful things about that rock, knowing and understanding 
that it is an elevated position and 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 it's a it's a uh, David brought it up David was <laughs> said hey he, you know he, the, the Lord it wasn't by accident that God had David write that he shall set me upon a rock because that rock brothers and sister it means something see when God sets you on a rock by default and we talked a little bit about this you're positioned higher than everything else surrounding you See, in verse six, when he says, now shall mine head be lifted above mine enemies round about me, that what that the reason why that is the case and what David was actually talking about was that it's because when God sets you on a rock by default, okay, we are positioned higher and we are positioned higher than everything else around us or in our vicinity. Why? Because the rock is elevated. The rock is higher and he puts you on the rock. So because he puts you on the rock and the rock is higher, guess what? It makes you higher. Your head is attached to your body, okay? See, when David said this, now shall mine head be lifted up. The What is being implied is that his head wasn't lifted up. And we talked about that last week talked about that that was the implication by him saying that now that my head will be lifted up it implied that his head wasn't lifted up but the thing that we talked you know but 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 yet and still he says now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies what he's talking about because what he did not say was was that he didn't say i will lift up my head that's not what he said now there are scriptures where we where we see that where we lift up our head but in this particular instance that's not what we see and there is a reason why we don't see it that way and a reason why we see it the way that we do david in this text verse number six does not tell you does not tell me that he will lift up his head but what he tells you is that his head will be lifted up. And the reason why the language is as it is, is, is because the is because the way his head was going to be lifted was not going to be because he was going to take it upon himself to lift up his head and stand and stare with confidence in the faith. No, 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 no. That's not what was talking about. That's not what's happening in this scripture here. Amen. But what David was saying is that his head was going to be lifted because his whole body was going to be lifted. His whole being was going to be exalted. See, when the David said, he shall set me upon a rock, that, that wasn't, that didn't mean that God was going to set part of him on a rock. Okay. No, no, no. Brothers and sisters, let me make it plain. When God sets you on a rock, he don't just set your feelings on the rock. Uh-uh. When God sets you on the rock, he don't just set your mind on the rock. When God sets you on the rock, he doesn't set just your heart on the rock. No, he sets all of you on the rock. I'm talking, what are you talking about? I'm talking about total deliverance. I'm talking about the real deal. I'm talking about complete deliverance. From what? From everything. From no matter what comes up. No matter what you're dealing with, when God places us on the rock, he places our entire being on the rock. Amen. Amen. That rock we told you earlier represented many different things. And it provides a picture of military stability or, 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 or a military stronghold, a place of strong security, but it's also a strategic military position. Amen. 
But when you tie that all the way back to the preceding scripture, starting at verse one, when the Lord, he says, the Lord is the strength of my life. That word strength is tied to, amen. It's tied to verse five, dealing with the rock. The Lord's strength or and the pavilion in verse 5 and the tabernacle in verse 5. And what God was showing you was, is that the rock, amen, the pavilion, the tabernacle, they are all one in the same. And that strength that was used in verse 1, amen, the Lord is the strength of my life, amen. Amen. That meant um, that meant a mountain stronghold, which is a word pick picture also used to describe, or is a picture, I should say, of what the rock that God places you on is. It is a stronghold. But it is not just any type of stronghold in the conventional sense. It is what? The house of God. It is on God Almighty. Amen. 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 David was saying that when God places me on the rock, when he places you on the rock, okay, your head is lifted because you are lifted. What you do not see is, is that you don't see a change in posture or position of David's head. No, 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 you don't see that. You see, verse six, now shall my head be lifted above my enemies. That's because he's on the rock and the rock is higher, much taller than the enemies. So my head by default is higher, but it's the position of the head that we want to pay close attention to. And we can see because David did not say, I will lift up my head. He didn't say none of that. He just said his head would be lifted, which meant that he wasn't lifting his head. He wasn't going to lift his head. And if he wasn't going to lift his head, you know what that means? It meant that he was going to leave his head bowed. And one of the things that we talked about, amen, was that bowing, remember, going, drawing it, bringing it right back. Bowing is a sign of worship. See, my head is higher because I've been lifted. My whole being, your whole being has been lifted. But your head is still supposed to be bowed. It's a good thing for your head to remain bowed, bowed in reverence, bowed in adoration, bowed in worship. Amen. Again, remember that scripture, Exodus 4:31, and the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he had looked upon their affliction, remember that looked upon his affliction don't mean that God was just staring at it. No, it means he did something about it. It meant that God responded. Amen. The Lord visited the children of Israel in response to their affliction. That's what this is talking about. 
And the Bible says that they responded a certain way. God responded when he saw their affliction. What did he do? He showed up with deliverance. And what our scripture is showing us here, Exodus 4, 31, that B, final, that B portion, they bowed their heads and what did they do? They worshiped. They bowed their hands, their heads and worshiped. Second Chronicles 20, 18 says, and Jehoshaphat, what, Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And then Psalms 95, look at verse number six. Oh, come, let us what? Worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. The Lord is our maker. The Lord is our creator. The Lord is our deliverer. Bowing is a sign, family, of worship. My head is higher, but my head remains bowed. It remains bowed, not because of shame and not because of guilt, not because of my shortcomings, not because of all of those things. My head is not bowed because of regret, because of disappointment. I don't bow my head because of that. But while I'm on the rock, my head remains bowed in submission, adoration, worship, praise, and thanksgiving. When I'm on that rock, because why? God has delivered me. He's delivered you. He's delivered you. And you know what the correct response is? Well, when God does something for you, it's worship. It's praise. It's glorifying God with everything that you got. It's taking inventory, brothers and sisters, of where you've been. And how if it hadn't been for God coming through, where would you be? If God, listen, one scripture tells us, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city. You got to understand. You know that watchman whose job it is to sound the alarm? Guess what? If the Lord don't keep the city, the watchman is, he's watching in vain. <clears throat> the battle is still the Lord's. And it's the Lord's, regardless of how we feel about it. It's the Lord's because it is his and we can't do nothing about it. And when we find ourselves in a situation where we seem, feel like we're drowning, like we can't go nowhere, like we can't get through, like we can't get a prayer through, like we like our, listen, the rock is where the Lord will take you. He will still hide you. I, listen, I praise the Lord because he's still hiding his people in his pavilion. I praise him because he's still hiding us in the secret of his tabernacle. Amen. Bowing is a sign of worship. And so when I look down, I'm not looking down in defeat. 
but I'm looking down because I want God to know that I reverence and I worship him. Amen. Amen. And you want the same thing. Humble yourself before the Lord. Humble yourself before the Lord. The days are far spent and the Lord is on his way. The enemy's kicking up his attack, his onslaught. That's probably a better word. Like he has never done before. I am telling you right now, there is a war that is raging. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The enemy is still throwing up smoke screens. He is still lying. He still wants you to think that it's not going to work. Wants you to be afraid. Jumping at every shadow. Ducking behind every corner. Hiding it in bushes somewhere. Instead of speaking that word. Instead of walking and remembering that joy. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's still your strength. It is still your strength. You may not feel it at times. You may feel weak at times. Lord knows I know this. But your weakness doesn't short circuit God's strength. My deficiencies, my shortcomings, my problems, my failures, my faults, our addictions, our temptations, our past. They don't change the fact that God is still good. And they don't stop God from being God. He's still able. And sometimes you just got to wait on God. When you don't know what else to do. Bible says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You're listening to this. Are you struggling? Are you worried at times? COVID and, and life in general and work and all these things, does it have you down? Is it starting to get to you? Feeling a little cabin fever? Like you've been cooped up and you and you don't know and just and you're worried about the what tomorrow's gonna bring. Are your thoughts overly consumed, consumed with how you're gonna make ends meet? What's gonna happen with my children? What kind of parent am I? What kind of sibling am I? What kind of citizen am I? What kind of saint am I? God is still fighting for you. Stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord. Because he's greater than all of those questions. You know why he's greater? Because he's the answer to all of those questions. He's the answer. See, God don't stop being God and stop being the answer because we get confused. God don't stop being able because we don't know what to do. God ain't never without a plan. Brothers and sisters, he is the plan. He is the plan. God is 
your rescue strategy. God is your parachute. God is your way out. David said, he set me upon a rock. He put me in a place where, though the enemy lies, that enemy can't get you because you're on the rock. See, the devil wants you to think that he can get you. Why? Because he knows when God puts you on the rock, the only person that can get down from that rock is you. It's me. So he wants to run a game that you're, that you're not even on the rock. Or that you're wobbling and you're teetering on the rock. As if you can fall off the rock. Let me explain something to you. You can't fall off the rock. You have to get off the rock. Because the rock is flat and the rock is level. There's no sketchy corners and surfaces on the rock. It's a solid foundation. And it's more than able to hold up the structure that is your life. This is why our life can be built on a rock and it ain't going nowhere. Not because I declare that, but because he's declaring it, because of who he is. It's what it means to be on that rock. Look at verse number six. Look at what he says. It says, now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies, round about me. My position's going to be exalted, but he doesn't say he's going to lift his head, meaning that his head is still about posture, but yet he's higher. His head is higher because he's been lifted. But now I want you to take a look at something else. See, the implications of verse number six is that David, during the time of trouble, has been secured by the Lord within his tabernacle or this tent of the Lord. And the way that God did it was by setting David on a rock. The rock's height, family, is greater than that of the enemy. And that's why when you own it, you get a better, you get, it's, a, it's the best vantage point there is around. See, being set on the rock by default, put David at a higher elevation. That higher elevation, you know what that did? It put David beyond the reach of the enemy. And it does the same thing for you. See, while on the rock, the elevation of David's head changed. But his posture, but the posture and the position of his head didn't. It remained that of worship. It remained there. Because he follows it with, therefore, because of all of this, because of what God actually does and is doing on our behalf when he sets us on the rock, 
David is about to describe what he is going to do while he is on that rock. Notice, remember what the scripture says, don't lose sight of this. He shall set me upon a rock. Now, and verse six tells us because he set upon the rock, what? His head is lifted round, is lifted up above his enemies round about. Now he's telling, he's going to tell you what he's going to do with his head in that bowed posture, in that bowed, that reverent position. He says, I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. I will sing. I will sing praises to the Lord. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises to the Lord. Notice the language of the scripture. Now, immediately after he says, my head's going to be lifted up. He says, I therefore which means because of this, the same as saying because of this, because my because I'm lifted, because I've been exalted, because of all of this, I'm going to do something. What are you going to do, David? I will offer in his tabernacle. Now, the word offer here is interesting because remember, I told you what, what bowing meant. And the word offer here means worship. I will worship. Amen. He says, I will worship. Therefore, will I offer in his tabernacle. In other words, therefore, will I what? Worship in his tabernacle. I will offer in his tabernacle what? Sacrifices of joy. Now, here's something very interesting. Watch how this. What we, watch how this works. Watch how this works. I told you offer means worship. But I want you to understand something. Sacrifice in that word, in that scripture. He says, I will all, he says, therefore, will I offer in his tabernacle, all right? In his tabernacle, what are we talking about? We're talking about his tent. We're talking about his, his pavilion. We're talking about what? The house of the Lord, okay? So when we're talking about the house of the Lord, really what we're really talking about is we're talking about being in the presence of the Lord. That's what we're talking about, okay? Because I don't want you to think... I don't want you to get that tied up and get, 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 get that confused with that being a necessarily an actual building as if this only works when you are at a, at a, at a specific building. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, 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 no. The Lord himself, his presence, that's the tabernacle. Being in him, being in his presence, that's the tabernacle. That's the pavilion. That's the rock. So we don't want to lose sight of that. But and he says, therefore, I, he says, therefore, or because of, Will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy? Now watch this. Sacrifice in this scripture, offer means worship, okay? And sacrifice in here actually means the actually actually means the sacrificing of an animal, okay? So it is the killing of an animal in an act of worship for uh, uh, atonement or, or, uh, uh, or uh, and you can, you know, uh, just all you have to do is think of the sacrifices, okay? That 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 the children of Israel gave, and those the where 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 an animal was offered, an animal was slain.
okay? And then was offered, okay? That's the type of sacrifice that he's talking about. My point here is, is that that word sacrifice has to deal with the has to deal with an actual animal, or in other words, let me bring it down, make it plain, with at with something actually being offered. Okay. Amen. Now, joy, he says sacrifices of joy in this text, that joy means a joyful shout. So it's not just saying that I'm gonna have joy in my heart. That's not what David is saying. Remember, he's describing here because he's on the rock. And now that his head is lifted up. Why? Because he's been elevated by God. God has placed him in a position higher than everything else and everyone else around him. He's beyond the reach of the enemy. What does that mean? It means the devil can't have his way with him. It means the enemy can't just run amok. It don't. It means that it don't matter what the devil or the enemy is saying, he can't do what he says he's trying to do. Why? Because God has secured him. He's been placed in a position and in a location that is secure. And what he's saying is, is that now that I'm here, my head is bowed in adoration or in worship. Why? Because on the rock, what I am going to do is I am going to worship. Amen. That offer, remember, it means to worship. Amen. But sacrifice in here means the killing of an animal in an act of worship. Now, I want you to watch this. Sacrifice here is strong. Joy in this scripture means a joyful shout or a joyful utterance, okay? Now, what he's telling you is, is that with joy and with a shout, I am going to sacrifice. Glory to God. Let me let me let me try to make that plain. Let me sacrifice in this case means is that of the offering of an animal or the killing of an animal in sacrifice. Amen. So think of the, the so and 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 I and I told you what to think of. Think about the 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 sacrifice of atonement and and all of these different things. This is what David was getting across here. In his mind, the picture of worship would have been incomplete without actually sacrificing bringing something. And what I'm telling you is, is this. When you are on the rock, the way you worship God, glory to God, I feel his spirit. I feel his spirit. The way you worship God while on the rock is by bringing him your sacrifice. The sacrifices of the Lord are of a broken heart and a contrite spirit. This is what Psalms 51 tells us. And the Bible says that of such, he will not turn away. But David is saying, I'm going to do that with joy. Let me see if I can paint it for you. When I'm on the rock, I am so grateful 
to be on the rock. So grateful that I bow my head in adoration and reverence. And while it's bowed, I begin to do something. I begin to pull out a praise. I begin to pull out a thank you. I begin to pull out a God, I appreciate you. But while I pull that out, that's not the only thing that I'm pulling out. But I'm pulling out my brokenness. I'm pulling out my hurt. I'm pulling out my disappointment. What are you talking about? I'm talking about I'm pulling out my sacrifice. Because see, the sacrifice of the Lord is a, it's a broken heart, family. It's a contrite spirit. You got to bring God what don't work. You got to bring God what fell apart. And you got to choose to tell him thank you. That's what David's talking about here. He's saying that on the rock, I choose to say thank you in spite of my brokenness. While I'm on the rock, I choose to say amen when I don't feel it, when I don't see it. Because the rock is the place for that. See, when you own that rock, you've got to understand something. That's where the altar is. When God takes you to that rock, that's the place for you to bring all that is you. That's where you be honest with God. That's where you be broken before God. That's where you tell them what's really going on. How you really feel. But you worship him. And you give him thanksgiving. Because you know that while you are telling him, while you are confessing, while you are falling on the mercy of the rock. That if you confess those sins, he's faithful and just to forgive. David is on a rock. His head is bowed down, but at the same time, he's been exalted. The enemy can't stop him now. And the devil can't stop you either. You just choose to not get off that rock. But while you're on that rock, be honest with God. He went to a cross and sacrificed, laid down his life so that you could have life. So that you could repent of your sins. So that you could turn from unrighteousness and turn to God. So that you could be baptized 
in his name. Get all those heavy and dirty sins washed away so that you could be filled with the Holy Ghost. So that he could call you son or daughter and you could call him father. The rock is a place for brokenness. It's not a place that God takes you because you have it all together. It's where he takes you because you can't get it together. Because you're struggling. It's where he takes you to work on you, to restore you, to rejuvenate and revitalize you to help you, to remind you, to comfort you, to direct you. That's why he takes you to the rock. And that's why it was the decision of David that while there, what I'm going to do while I'm there, the reason why my head is bowed is because I am going to worship. I am going to sacrifice something. I need an offering. Something has to die, family. And what has to die is our desire for doing the wrong thing. We got to die to our way. We got to die to our foolishness, our ridiculousness, our sin, whatever you want to call it. We got to die to all that. Why? Because Jesus died for all that. The price has already been paid for all of that. You are free to no longer live in that. He who the son sets free is free indeed. God bless you, brothers and sisters. Thank you for joining us this Sunday morning. I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording here. Wow.